Welcome to another episode of Not Too Deep, the award-winning podcast. I'm your host, Grace Ann Helbig I. This is a very exciting episode. We have Mary Beth, not to be confused with Meredith Monroe. If you don't know her, she's an amazing comedian, actress, writer, and new mom. You've seen her on Workaholics. She's on The Good Place. And she's just genuinely the kindest, sweetest woman that plays basically a straight-up bitch constantly on television. And so enjoy this wonderful conversation with Meredith Monroe. No, no. no. Are you craving flavor and refreshment this summer? Pick up one of the three flavors of Bud Light Chilada, Original Extra Lime, and the newest member of the family, Mango. Bud Light Chilada is perfect for drinking at brunch, on the beach, or just hanging out with friends in the sun. Pick up a Bud Light Chilada today and learn more at BudLight.com. Bud Light Chilada, flavor that refreshes. Mary Beth, thank you for being here. Oh my gosh, Grace. This is so fun. Thank you for um, having me. Well, tell me, okay, I, I really want to know this story already, that you were turning your phone off and said that you've had a problem before because it went off in a testing. <sighs> yes. Which for was... people that don't know, a testing basically means you've made it to the final <laughs> countdown of getting onto a TV show <laughs> and you are testing in front of directors, writers, producers, like the the main people. You want it to be your most professional yeah. moment. <laughs> You want yeah. it to be the the time where they're like, oh, she's not only amazing talent, yeah, yeah, but yeah. and a phone ringing, your phone going off, kind of shatters all that. But they were very cool, and I knew yeah. it was it was a very casual test. It That's was good. it was before the network, gotcha. it, like before I actually went in front of network. Ugh. So it was just the creator of the show, sure. and the executive producer, and the casting person. Uh, but it it was fine. It, still, it was fine, but still moments. just really embarrassing and very easily. Fixable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's just the, the easiest thing you can do. Oh, yeah. You hate to be that person. Exactly. Um, okay. I have a bone to pick with you a little bit. Oh, my Only, God. It's going to get spicy so soon. Yeah. I have um, been trying to do my research on you, but it's really hard because there's you nothing out there on me. No, well, that sort of because <laughs> you have not posted on Instagram since 2015. And as someone that lives and thrives on the internet, this is problematic to me. I was anticipating this was yeah. going to be okay. a subject of conversation. I want to start off with why. <laughs> okay, so it's a lot about laziness with me. Gotcha. Truly. Yeah. Um, you know, and I'm so old school, like I still kind of keep up Facebook, yeah. which is so embarrassing to say. No, that's good. That's um, a it's a that's a thriving community. I don't keep up with Facebook. So that's me being lazy. But also it's really helping you out to to the social if, media that you do do. Sure. Um and and I kind of feel like I weirdly miss the boat. I think generationally. Mm-hmm. I know that sounds so strange, but I'm in that weird middle generation where we didn't have cell phones for a right. period of time and then got cell phones. Right, and right, so right. we were like, technology was like thrown at us. Yeah. It wasn't something that I kind of came up with. And I feel right. like even that five, six years difference mm-hmm. would have probably helped me social media wise a lot sure. more. Um, but I don't have any hangups about it. I think it's great. I, I think wish it's I healthy. was better at it. No, I think it's healthy. I think the way you are living your life, I almost got jealous and I was like, wow, she hasn't posted in four years. This you know, is really actually say- kind of ambitious and inspiring. <laughs> We're going to see how it plays out. Yeah. I mean, I think I think my career might be helped greatly if sure. I was more out there. So, but I do you're kind on of, Twitter. I see you on Twitter. 
I'm doing stuff. I'm more voyeur on Twitter and then I'll like be like, I got a show, LA. I yeah. mean, I'm really, I'm just really bad about it. And I do think I went down a road in the initial phases of Twitter where I didn't like how much pressure I put on myself initially. Yeah. And, and when I feel like anxietal or something about something, I am kind of like, bye. Like, yeah. I'm done. Because I don't want any added anxiety that I already don't experience from career or for sure. Name it, you know, relationships, whatever, family. 100%. And so I feel like it, I looked at it as like, there's this added thing that I'm voluntarily doing. Yes. And then I also do have some friends where I'm like, you need to not have Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> It's ruining your life. Like, I'm and, looking and at this, yeah. Changing perspectives yeah. where I'm like, oh no, now this is affecting your family. Yeah. Like this is really bad. So I, I do have feelings when it becomes an issue. But yeah. I feel like you have a healthy relationship with it. I, I mean, look at look at what what you've built sure. because of it. You know? There's also the I completely relate to the anxiety that comes with the pressure of having to like, you know, forward your career by maintaining like a social media presence yeah. in some way, shape, or form and also getting like just bogged down by how like gross it can be and how yeah. just like um, mean it can be sometimes. Very mean. And I will say I just had a child like right. seven months ago or so, which we can talk about later. Yes, but, please. But I do, I have, I, I felt like I've seen some examples of like, mm-hmm. oh, wow, like that can really yeah, impact your child. Yes. And how much do I want my child to be out there? Well, I don't think I'm like in the celebrity world of like that it would cause a huge difference in her life. But but you never know what could happen. Yeah. And I'm like, and then all this stuff is out there about well, her and about me and about my life. And like, yeah. that makes me nervous. No, you have a, it seems like you have a very rational sense of um, boundaries and privacy. Yeah. <laughs> it took a lot of work, girl. But I got there. I got there eventually in my life and okay. I'm exercising it through social media yeah. which isn't really a big stand but well, I'll take it it's a good boundary in 2019 sure yeah, I, I think so. that's impressive um, okay so talk me through so you grew up in Detroit yes okay and then did you come from Detroit straight to LA yes and I'm gonna have one little sidebar about yeah. that because it's a thing in Detroit yeah I grew up in the suburbs of Detroit I went to a wedding in the suburbs of Detroit oh did, let me years and years ago is which, it West Bloomfield it, I believe Bloomfield so Hills? I was like a plus one so yeah. Oh, I was yeah. like, we're going to Detroit? Okay. And then saw this like beautiful, like it's upper a beautiful middle class, area. like suburban area. Yeah. Most of the people I meet out here in LA who've been to Detroit have gone to West Bloomfield, which okay. is a suburbs of suburb of Detroit. Yeah. But I do want to say like it is a thing with Detroiters. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna say I'm a Detroiter because I didn't I wasn't born and raised in the city. I okay. was metropolitan Detroit. And I have a lot of friends, I'm like, you grew up in Buffalo and you're telling people you grew up in Detroit. Yeah. Oh, and it's yeah. like, <laughs> it's kind of a thing. It's a little offensive to people. Oh, so I just want to point that out that I am oh, yeah. metropolitan Detroit, but I went to school in Detroit and I have such a great connection. Second City, Detroit, all yeah. of that. But yes. So, so you started doing Second City there. How old were you when you started doing that? I was like 20 years old wow. when and I started Second City. I was on the main stage by 21. Wow. Uh, yeah. So what what drew you to that? And initially? I'm 63 now. Wow. So it's amazing. I mean, God, I'm We'll get you Still on Instagram. Improvising. <laughs> <Yeah>. Still <laughs> improvising. <laughs> no, so what drew you to uh, to improv? So I was mainly a athlete. Like I, my goal was to play volleyball in college. That's, really, that's what I wanted to do. Really, yeah. I oh, love. That's so I was, fun. I had three older brothers and a very mm-hmm. sports driven family. Same. I was a jock in high school. Oh I have all brothers, and yeah, same amazing. Situation. How many brothers do you have? I have um, three: a stepbrother and two brothers. Amazing. Yeah. So you get it. Are yeah. you the youngest? Kind of no, I'm oh. kind of middle. Middle, okay. So I'm you're a middle bro- child thing. Yeah, my younger brother's gay, so 
she's kind of my sister. So it's like a little, uh, yeah, a little bit of balance. But That's right. I was but, the youngest I, in that weird middle and youngest, I feel like, yeah. tend to be the creators, artists, yes, like yes, yes. actors. But, um, but I was a major jock. And then high school, I got bit by the theater bug. I just randomly auditioned because a friend was like, do this with me. And I was like, okay. And then really? I did it. And I got like the lead in the play. And I was like, well, things are changing. <laughs> <laughs> not gonna well, try to go to college. Easy. Yeah, I was like, I was like, this is fun. And then I, oh, wow. you just kind of, I'm sure the same thing happened to you once you started performing. It's just like you are obsessed with it. Yeah, la da da. And then I went to school for it. And there was a Second City Detroit at the time, okay. which was we lovingly referred to as like the little stepchild of the Second City Chicago. Uh-huh. And I just took a job. I was going to Wayne State University for theater, for uh-huh. musical theater, and oh, I wow. took a job as a cocktail waitress to pay my way through school. Mm-hmm. And um, I was a junior at the time and I saw improvisation and I was like, this is freaking magic. I don't know how these people do this. I fell in love. And really long story short, again, it was the most random break. There were no women in improv at the time. There were like five women like Mm -hmm. that could potentially be on the stage there. And I was serving drinks and I had started taking improv in college and I took an improv class at Second City and I was directed by one of the main stage cast members and they were like, do you want to audition? Because we have someone leaving. And so I improvised for like two or three weeks on the main stage with this cast. Wow. With, like I'd be serving, they had this joke where it was like, uh, and here's your drink, freeze. And then I'd jump up <laughs> and I'd be like jumping into the set. But um, but I did that for like, I auditioned with them for like three weeks, played yeah. like three or four sets. And then I was hired on the main stage not knowing what the hell I was doing. So wow. I basically learned how to improvise on the Second City Detroit stage, which and so was nuts. For people that don't know how that system works, you audition to get hired, which basically is a paying gig then yes, at that point. which is amazing. It's an equity gig. I quit school. I mean, I, really? quit, I quit college and I was like, here's this journey. Yeah. So I, I started with Second City and yeah, it's one of the only equity paying gigs, the only way you can make money as an improviser. Yeah. So I kind of like struck the lottery wow. out of the gate. And then that kind of began my second city career, which I did for the next nine years wow, of my life. Wow, yeah. nuts. Okay. So then where did you go from Detroit? What, Detroit, I went to Chicago. You went to Chicago. Second okay. city. And okay. then I um, I did the touring company for about eight months, did some theatrical stuff. But then in 2003, I got hired on the main stage there. So I cool. did that for three years. And then I was off to L.A. after so, that. And then touring company means you basically just go wherever they have shows booked for you. That's correct. Yes. And how was that? Oh, my God. Because I can't imagine that touring outside of Chicago doing improv that it's met with like um, either this is the greatest thing ever or what the fuck is happening in front of us. <laughs> I mean, Grace, don't you want to get in a van with, <laughs> with six other people, make about $50 a show and just... Learn about like dry counties in Kansas (laughs) or uh, dive bars in Birmingham. Uh, Just screaming, I have arrived in every city. I've made it. But you're so young, you're like, I am doing it. Like when you're making money at improv, it's like, Mm -hmm. you know, you're just. Because that's an impossible feat. Impossible. Yeah. I mean, impossible. I still have people, my friend uh, Jamie Mori and I, a fellow improviser, we Uh go around to improv, um, improv theaters throughout the country still to this day. And just because we love it and yeah. we get to do our two-person show and we make a little bit of money, but it's more about like workshopping mm-hmm. and just us spending a weekend, a girls weekend together. Oh, heck yeah. And we love it so much. But um, again, I I still weirdly get the feeling of like, I can't believe I do this for a living. Yeah. Like I get to talk about improv and like it's work cool. with improv theaters. It's like, I still feel a little bit like I made it in that respect. But, yeah. but in your 20s, you're just like, if I can make my rent, 
oh. I, I will eat, you know, a, a white bread and peanut butter uh-huh. if I get to do this. Yeah, or... exactly. I'll eat saltines for the rest of my life because <laughs> exactly. this is the most thrilling thing ever. Exactly. That's so cool. Okay, so then you came out to Los Angeles from Chicago or you got hired on the main stage in Chicago. In Chicago. Did okay. that for three years. Okay. And then came moved out, out to moved LA. Moved out to LA. What yeah. was like that defining factor that you're like going out there doing it? Uh, didn't get SNL or Mad TV. There you go. So, okay, <laughs> that'll do it. <laughs> so I was like, I think my improv <laughs> sketch comedy career has okay do- is a little done. Yeah. Now I need to just kind of explore the acting yeah. uh, portion of it. So, but yeah, I was I was flown out to SNL and that didn't happen. And oh, that experience. Then, I've also auditioned for oh, SNL you did. and it's yeah. Oh, girl, it's insane. It's it's <laughs> now. I am not. I I feel like a lot of things were against me. I'm not an impressionist. Same. I'm not. I just kind of did internet a little bit when they were looking for someone that was like had a digital presence. Sure, sure, sure. And it was like was very, that like two when when was that like two twelve? That was like two eleven. Eleven. Yeah, like I was that. gonna say like that's kind of when I felt like yeah 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 yeah. but it's the most insane process like how was it for you it was I did you sit in a room for six Mm -hmm. hours Mm -hmm. and then you go out there and mine was in front of like Tina Fey I couldn't even see they were all backlit and shadowy and then Seth Meyers shook our hands on the way out and that's so I was like so I guess you were (laughs) in the room okay yeah and and it was very quiet yes I got got some titters yeah yeah. I got titters that I thought were people like suppressing coughs (laughs) exactly I'm like are you eating a sandwich yeah or am I funny? I don't know. That's what I'm basing it on. And I was in a group with like a- uh, Andy Sandberg oh, and wow. Kristen Wiig. And oh, they both got hired, yeah. which deservedly so. Sure. I mean, there's no, there's never been a part of me that's like, oh, I was this close. Yeah. I'm like, no, I was pretty far from that I was that set train. up to fail. <laughs> I, was, I was in a very talented group. And God bless. And so, I mean, that that was what it was. Yeah. But I'm really grateful for it because so oh, many, yeah. you know, I, I'm not a live in regret or uh you know, analyze the past kind of person anyway, but, um, but what, but it led to so many wonderful things like coming sure. out to LA and, and, and all of that. And mm-hmm. I'm a huge Kristen Wiig fan and. Who, oh, heck yeah. I mean, like she's I mean, undeniably, absolutely wonderfully talented. Exactly. And I've never met her, but I'd be very nervous because I feel like she's one of those people that just like oozes yes. humility yes. and like graciousness. Yes. And you're like, so you're perfect. Okay. <laughs> got it. <laughs> so this makes my SNL experience even worse, yeah, Kristen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank you for being all so amazing. But yeah, I've met her a couple of times and she is a, all oh, of those things. That's so that, awesome. that's another thing you can't like begrudge. Mm-hmm. The talent and a good person. A hundred percent. Amazing. So then you came out to LA. Yep. And then what were the first couple of years like in LA? Did you how long before you came out to LA did you end up on Workaholics? Oh gosh. So let's see. I started Workaholics in 2010. I came out in 2006. And I had some failed things that occurred. Sure. In in the meantime, I actually did an improv-based show called oh, wow. Thank God You're Here that okay. was on NBC that lasted for seven count them episodes before it was tragically canceled um, and deservedly so. No, no, it was, it was fine, (laughs) but it was, it was a big Australian show. And, and it was an interesting concept because you had a core cast of improvisers that I was a part of and Uh we were given a script. Okay. And then you had an improviser or I'm sorry, a celebrity such as yourself that would come on. Um, Chelsea Handler was on our show, Wayne Knight from Seinfeld, all these people, Jason Alexander, and they would not have a script, but they would be given a wardrobe and they'd walk into a set that was like a doctor's office. And so the first line they would hear is, thank God you're here, doctor. We have to perform this surgery. And we'd be like on a script and they wouldn't. 
Oh, wow. And so they'd have to improvise their way through this scripted scene. That's a lot for the guests to do. Uh, yeah, <laughs> a lot for the guests to do. And I think that's why we only did seven episodes. Wow. I mean, it, it it could succeed beautifully yeah. as per, you know, improv mm-hmm. can go. Like uh, Brian Cranston was amazing, amazing oh, sure. scene. There were some scenes that were incredible. Chelsea's, I think, was hilarious. Amazing. Um, but then there were some that were like, there's no editing that can wow, solve that can, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it was a lot of denial. And you, I, I, I don't yeah. know how much improvising you've ever done, but yeah, like it's based the, in yes, yes and. and yeah. And because we're on a script, it was like, yeah, I'm sorry. You just told me you loved me. I have to stick to the script that I'm yeah, doing. And then yeah, you're just yeah. cutting people But then also off. as improvisers, you're like, I now beholden to a script. And I all I want to do is say yes to this person right, right now. Which weirdly, I'm like, why did you hire improvisers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I'm like, you're telling me not to improvise. Right. And I have to stick to the script. And yet this other person who's normally on script is improvising. Yeah. It's just kind of a weird. It seems a little backwards. A little backwards. But it was a huge hit in Australia. It oh, was an yeah. Australian show that was a huge hit. And They're like, also backwards. So <laughs> Who knows? The toilet goes down the other way. I'd never thought of that. It's a below the equator problem. Yeah. So it's, it wasn't you, you guys. Oh my God. I feel so much better about my first break in LA because of that. Uh, so that was your first break. Yes. Okay. And then what happened from there? Tons of commercials. I think yeah. such as yourself. Yeah. Like lots of commercial work, um, which really paid my way. And I honestly miss to a certain degree. Really? It wasn't. I don't miss the commercials. At, well, I, I do. Like the one that I got, the one that I did, Lowe's. Allowed me to move to Los Angeles. Yes, yes. So I'm very grateful and thankful for that. But the commercial auditioning process, oh, I'm just not good at. I can't God. do it. That's the one thing I was going to say. Like, I miss <sighs> the actual just the work and like it's such quick money. Right. And like, you do kind of get your face out there in this sure. really accessible way. Every like middle of everybody sees mm-hmm. you. And especially if you get a great commercial that's yeah. funny and and shows you off a little bit. But uh, oh, the the auditioning process, I tell people this that are like, well, what's the difference from when you were like doing commercial to now? And I'm like, honestly, I think the 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 better jobs I've gotten, especially as of late, like the good place and places yeah. like that, things like that. The people are so much like nicer, and yeah. like like the directors are so much more wonderful. Like they they and value they, you yes. in a way that you're not just cattle. Exactly, yeah. and I'm like the biggest egos I've ever run in with. I frankly, our commercial directors, That's not so all funny. of them. I have some friends who are commercial directors, sure. so I don't want to lump them all together. But like the biggest egos, yeah. where I'm like, I cannot believe you're speaking to me this way. Yeah, and like we're doing a commercial, yeah. dude. Like <laughs> we are not. We are so low on this yeah, totem yeah. pole. Like I know where I'm at. Why don't you know where you're at? Yeah. But you realize it's like this chip on their shoulder. Mm-hmm. Like they want to be doing TV. Yes, that this is like they think that they're gonna be the next Scorsese uh, or the next. Like sign or uh, Spielberg or whatever that they are yeah. like, but they're doing a Tide like, Pod commercial. After this hungry man TV dinner, <laughs> I am gonna go on and make some waves, you know. And yeah. they're just like, dri- like so driven to uh-huh. do that, and it really affects them. Yeah. So, I, it, and it's kind of been interesting, like having like having some things on my resume, like like the Good Place or yeah. something like that. And and then kind of maybe doing an audition or doing a commercial, which I, I guess I hadn't done the good place at the time, but but kind of having some things and then still being like them. Right. Like trying so to almost like, like I've like. 
I paid my dues, bro. Like, like I've done some work. with some people. Like I'm not, you know, that doesn't sound like a dick, but I'm like, I don't understand where this energy is coming right. from. Like, let's just keep it light and fun. Yeah. And I feel like the further I've gone in my career, the I guess cream rising to the top or whatever, the better people I've worked with, the yes. nicer people. Which I think my 20 year old self would have been like, oh god, if I, you know, once I get to the movie land, it's going to be like everybody's going to have egos and right. like people who have money just have egos. And I found I found it to be quite the opposite, which oh, wow. is delightful. Yeah. I don't know what your experience has been. No, I also have, like, I've been, I feel like kind of like lucky in a way to have worked with like really great people and maybe like only a very small amount of times have encountered people that um, have been pretty intense. Yeah. But then I'm also kind of one of those like really curiously empathetic people to be like, why this must be coming like they're hurt. Like this must be coming from a broken place in them. And so I can't take this that personally. I mean, that's all in hindsight. That's, At the time I'm like, fuck you, you motherfucker. <laughs> I know inside you're just yeah. like stabbing them with daggers. But yeah, yeah but but I, I feel the same way. I think it's much more healthy to come at it. Yes. Like my husband has terrible road rage and like <laughs> he describes it as like I just see the car. Yeah. I don't I don't think there's a person there. I just see the car. And I'm like, once I, I'm like, you need to start thinking about that person. Like yeah. maybe they're rushing because they're, someone's hurt or whatever. Right, right, right. And then like that switch, I'm, I think I've helped him gain empathy, but I feel like it's the same with career. It's like, you know, like something, if you, yeah. if you go like, something's happened to this person yes. or, or it makes it a lot easier to it deal It makes with it that. easier to tolerate assholes, <laughs> yes, I think. Um, definitely. And also just because I have Catholic guilt from growing up. Oh, constantly. Lutheran guilt. Oh, yeah, girl. There you go. Mm, yeah. We need to have coffee after this. We have a Perfect. lot of, <laughs> a lot of similarities, I feel like. Siblings okay. and religion. A hundred percent. Okay. On that note, we're going to take a quick break. When we get back, I want to talk about workaholics, the good place. And basically like just being a mom that's fucking dominating right <gasps> ooh, now. Yeah. Uh-huh. We'll be Grace. right back. When it comes to shopping for clothes, most of us are amateurs, says the girl that wears sweatshirts every day of every week of every year. So why not let professionals handle it? With Stitch Fix, a stylist will do all of the work for you. Stitch Fix is an online personal styling service that delivers your favorite clothing, shoes, and accessories directly to you. You just complete your style profile, and your expert personal stylist will send you a box of hand-picked items from brands you know and love with exclusive styles you won't find elsewhere. They even have men's and kids' boxes with no subscription required. Pick between automatic shipments or getting new pieces on demand. Shipping, exchanges, and returns are always free. Plus, the $20 styling fee is automatically applied towards anything you keep from your box. Get started today at stitchfix.com grace and get an extra 25% off when you keep everything in your box. That's stitchfix.com grace. Stitchfix.com grace. Not, not too deep. Did you binge Making a Murderer or the Bundy tapes? I for sure did both of those things. So many people can't get enough of true crime stories. And if you're one of them, you need to check out Crime Junkie. It's named one of the best true crime podcasts by Rolling Stone. Crime Junkie covers all kinds of true crimes from the most notorious to the stories you've never heard before. They'll even make you think twice about cases you thought you were sure about. Their stories are straightforward and packed with information, but told in a way that makes you feel like you're talking to your best friend. There are over 85 episodes you can go binge right now, and they have over 50 
5,000 five-star reviews so you know you won't be disappointed. Crime Junkie releases new episodes every Monday. Visit Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening now and search for Crime Junkie to get a true crime fix. Okay, let's talk about the audition process for Workaholics. Okay. What, how did that come about? Where did that, did you know what it was? Did you? No idea what it was. Okay. And there's a lot of really weird uh, circumstances that came with that. So mm-hmm. I was the very first actress to audition for Alice. Really? Out of, I was the first person they brought in. That's nuts. Weird, right? Yeah. So uh, I, yeah, I, I was, that was the weird thing. Uh-huh. And then also I found out later that um, Anders, uh-huh. when I was on the main stage in Chicago, was in the writing program in Chicago okay. and was living in Evanston. That's where his family's from. And he saw me in a show called Red Scare. Okay. And he and his girlfriend, now wife, yeah. uh, a mother of their two children, um, they would mimic me in a scene throughout, like for the next, he said for the next like four years, like we just would just do this thing. They had an inside joke about inside you. Inside joke about a scene that I did on the show, oh my in the God. show. And so I was the first person to audition and he said you, I, he was the first audition he watched and he was like that's the girl that's the girl that me and emma and he like told the rest of the boys about me wow and they ended up seeing another 200 people or so like a crazy amount of people and then um i was brought in for a callback with the casting and you know the whole prom i did it like five times and then finally auditioned for network and when i met anders he's like do you know how crazy this is? And <laughs> so when I go around to like these improv theaters, I'm like, you never know right, who's, who is going to see you. Like yeah. my soon to be boss who never even met the guys Mm-mm. to make workaholics right. saw me back in like 2002. That's nuts. And I got a job that changed my career. Right. Because he liked what I did. So it's like I, we always That's tell crazy. these improvisers coming up like – you know, you're going to fail and you're going to, like, shit mm-hmm. the bed. But, like, it, it, the least you can do is just try to have fun every show yeah. and, and respect the audience that's watching you yeah. because you don't know who's out there. Not that you should do every show, like, my next, you know, right. I'm going like, to make Warren it. Michaels for- is in this audience yeah, every exactly. time. But he could be. He might uh, be, he's, yeah. I've heard he's sneaky like that. He just shows up <laughs> places. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's you never know. And so, long story short, that's how I got that. It was wow. kind of like a real kismetic. Yeah, of Yeah, the weird, universe kind of, yes. like, paired this up and- it was a long con. A long con. It was like a long little, yeah, script that I was not know being written. Um, and and also I think just uh, it was the first time I got to embrace, embrace playing one of the most miserable people. Well, that's <laughs> like, so interesting because your characters that you play are these like harsh, abrasive women. And you are such a kind, sweet, lovely person that it's you. like true acting. Thank you. And I, I do feel like it's a very weird thing that I've fallen into a niche-wise. But but it also must be therapeutic in a way to play this person that's completely seemingly opposite of you to be like, I'm going to get out all of my ish through this character. 100%. Like, yeah. I feel like I was the happiest during, like, on a personal level during yeah. my time with workaholics. Because <laughs> I just the happiest playing a full-time bitch. Because I just <laughs> had, like, three yeah. dudes to just take out all my venom on yeah. totally safely. <laughs> and get paid Scripted, for it. Scripted, get paid for it. And then, then, then like, I could just go out with the rest of my life. Oh, like, oh, so... God, I left all that at work. And, 
<laughs> now I can just enjoy myself. It's so true. That's so fun. I feel like it was the best. Honestly, I've been in therapy, like yeah, in and out, yeah. as we all have yeah. uh, in this business, and it it is the most therapeutic That's to just so kind of cool. get to pour all of yeah. that into someone. And it seems like a very fun work environment. Like they're oh all very fun humans. I've met a, a couple of them like on and off camera and like yeah. they just seem like they're a lot like their characters, you know, it's heightened sense of, you know, character, but it also seems like the environment was just like, I can't believe we get to do this. Let's make it the most fun ever. Exactly. And, and the improv background that all of them have, mm-hmm. or at least respect. I think right. Anders and Adam uh, and, Kyle Newichek have more of the the improv background, but right. um, but just coming from that place of like yes anding and like yeah. we would always have fun runs and oh my gosh make it your own do what you ever oh, you know do great. what you want to do we'd always do the script but you know on top of that get to play which for me is a dream yeah. you know twenty year old self is like oh my god yeah like, this is what no you- more fifty dollars in a bag <laughs> like we're actually doing it so. It's it's great. And how long did you do that show for? Six years? We did seven seasons in six years. In six years. Yeah. Oh, wow. So we did one, Which I is think like, just one year where we doubled up and that was crazy. Those poor boys and yeah. were exhausted. But but yeah, I can't believe it's like over. It feels like yesterday, but then yeah. it also feels like so long ago. Like yeah. I miss everybody so much. You become such a wonderful, dysfunctional family. Oh, 100%. Uh, that you just can't believe you don't get to see every day anymore. But we we all still really keep in touch. Oh, and they were great. at my wedding. You know, oh, they, you know, Anders came to my baby shower. Oh. Like, Anders and I have particularly maintained a great relationship. That's so, really great. Yeah. That's very Those sweet. Those guys are the best. And and look at them, you know, look yeah. at Jillian. And Jillian's one of my dearest friends. And they're all just doing so great. And Ugh. we're all happy. And it's just, it's, it's awesome. nice to see. And yeah. it's a very rare thing that a show gets that lifeline like that's oh. so nuts and you're in it being like I'm gonna do the best I can but this is so many other factors that like here's fingers crossed that we get to keep doing this a hundred percent that first season I was like if I don't get to keep doing this like but the, and luckily it caught fire but and yeah. especially with the Comedy Central show too I feel like a lot of them it, like the Reno 911s or yes. whatever those are like my generation but like they, they some of them get amazing runs which workaholics did but yeah. you know some of them it's like two three seasons yep. I eat two three like great shows yeah, that are yeah, like yeah. gone so it was just great that we caught fire like that. Do you have people that come up to you in the street as Alice? Like uh, it's yes. And, and is it what's the is it majority like young boys? Yes. With skateboards and things like oh that. Oh my gosh, with skateboards. <laughs> and now it's weird because like it's catching fire with new like younger generations. Oh, because like, it's yeah. My nephews couldn't watch it at the time because they were right. like seven yeah, eight, yeah you know and now they're like in their teens and it's and like do they think they're you're the coolest aunt in oh the my whole god universe. the coolest no like we can't believe you were doing this and i'm like yeah i'm glad because i would have ruined you yeah, yeah. So i didn't yeah, want like, your little precious brain things that would you would not be able to look at me the yeah, same and i'm kind of uncomfortable now that you have seen those yeah. things um yeah so it, it's weird because even younger i think the weirdest thing is just when like and this is kind of weird to point out, but like I did at the time have like 13, 14 year old fans right. who would be kind of weird on Twitter. Oh. And I'd be like, Ugh. and another reason probably why I've shied away from social media, yeah. because, you know, the show itself kind of lends itself to such a body. Uh, I'm being very uh, political, diplomatic about this, yeah. but it's a real dirty show. Yep. And so these young kids would just be like, Kind of saying vulgar things. That they about, feel like they have permission to like oogle you, ogle you, say things that like if you oh God, like. Why am I preaching to the choir? I'm sure you. But no, this but is like, something you. I don't um, experience deal with. that. It, the I have 
you've been kind of lumped into a crowd that their fan base is um, celebrating and supporting like men being a certain way. Yes. Um, even though Which also gets complicated in the hashtag me too world. Yes. now. Like we yeah. kind of just missed that. Yeah. I know. So I, I can't, can't imagine. Oh, wow. Yeah. How my character would be viewed or how the guy, some of the humor of the show yeah. would be viewed. I've thought about that a lot of like, Oh my God, we were of a time. Yeah. And I don't think that show and could PC do a culture lot of the things. And everything. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, God bless you millennials. Mm-hmm. Like I love Amy. Sh- I don't know if you've seen Amy Schumer stand-up special. I haven't seen it yet. Uh, no. Well, she she just has this great bit, not ruining anything for you, where she's like, weren't the, didn't the millennials do something for our generation that we so appreciate where they came up and were like, um, can you believe this is happening? And then my generation <laughs> is like, oh, yeah, that is kind of weird. And the millennials are like, um, yeah, you, do you want to change this? And we're like, yeah, I do kind of want to change this. Yeah. Like this great bit where you're like, you guys just point, like put into a light some things that yeah. I think we've just, for it, better, women in comedy, then, especially better or worse, yeah, have dealt with. Yeah, some of it's wonderful and absolutely necessary. And then, you know, there's some points where you're like, what now what can anyone say about anything? And that's what's scary too. I yeah. talk about that a lot of like pl- the political correctness. Like yeah. I would not want to be an improviser coming up <sighs> right, right now, now because yeah. you have to like literally dodge landmines when you're learning how to improvise. Yeah. And if you do something like I did so many inappropriate things. Oh, I mean, yeah. I made a joke. Uh, this is so awful. But on stage at the Second City, I made a joke about the tsunami happening when it happened. It had just happened. And it was New Year's Eve Mm -hmm. and my cast had been celebrating. We had some champagne backstage and I went out and I was like, blarf. Like this really distasteful joke that offended with the letters were written. Oh, wow. I mean, it was really bad and I felt terrible. But it was just a slip. It wasn't my heart. No, it's not your intention. It's not. It was a bad mistake. And that's career ending now. Like if it's done um, even in a podcast or in, you know. Improv is scary because you can't edit it out. You, no. It's literally in the moment. So you have to be that much more cognizant of every single thing that you are saying. And, and in this hyper PC world, it's nuts. Good luck. Yeah. Like, I'm glad I'm kind of out of that scene. Yes. Okay. So let's talk about The Good Place. Oh, let's okay. do it. Okay. How did this happen? I mean, this is a show that's like massive, like Workaholics. It's huge. Yeah. I'm not, I'm slightly familiar. I haven't sure. done the full deep dive on everything. No worries. But it's obviously like people love it. It's massive. It's one of those like, oh, hits that rarely happens. Where culty. Can, yes. Yeah, culty show. Yes, um, yes. So I worked on Parks and Recreation mm-hmm. and um, that's where I met Mike Schur and mm-hmm. Amy Poehler. And if you can believe it, this is the first time that this something like this big has happened in my career, but it was an offer. Like he, wow. they had, I guess, thought of me for Mindy Sinclair cool. out of the gate, which was so flattering. Yeah. And I'm still kind of like, really? Like, I deserve that? Like, it's just weird, like, <laughs> And they're like, this is my it. type. I play this type. I know. Well, I play this cocaine. <laughs> and then you think about it, and I'm like, why was that so surprising to me? <laughs> Miserable cocaine addict from, like, the 80s yes. who, like, has to deal with warm beer and yeah. live in this medium place. But, um, but yeah, so it was an offer, and... <laughs> This is such an insecure actor thing, but my first response, honestly, Grace, was like, okay, who dropped out? <laughs> it's so terrible. And Kristen no, Bell, I was on set with Kristen Bell, and she's like, no, you, no. He <laughs> thought of you, and just own it and enjoy it. And I'm like, all right, it's just that, that like, you don't, I get you feel that. like you don't deserve it or right, something. And right, I'm like, right, God, right. why can't I just, like, enjoy Yeah, well, no, we, we had Tony Hale on a couple weeks ago. He said the same I thing. I love like, so much. Yeah. imposter syndrome of being like, I don't belong here. Do yeah. they, am I going to be found out that they, like, they, 
they offered to the wrong person. Right it's now. always that. Like they know who I am, right? They're not right. confusing me with a Meredith Monroe yeah. or something. You know, <laughs> like it's so true. Uh, but yeah, so I I was offered it, and I was not um, deep. I did not do a deep dive on the show mm-hmm. until uh, I was cast in it, honestly. And yeah. then I was like, oh my god, this show looks so weird and so broad, and it's like it 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 was not what I thought on first viewing yeah. and then the more I've watched the show and I think the more America's watched the show it's mm-hmm. this very philosophical show very smart yeah. show in but also with this very relatable comedy and mm-hmm. it's like bright colors and this very yeah. surreal world so I just feel like it it um it just naturally um I'm blanking on the word I'm trying to find but it like intri- it's intriguing to everybody yes. and it, a big demographic it casts a wide net yeah also I heard you on like a the the uh good place podcast yeah. um talking about how like they didn't tell you and like you had to be informed when you got yeah. on set like here's kind of the what's deal. Going, it's really it's so secretive top secret. right it's still so top secret really? I just filmed 2 weeks ago and uh-huh. I was just given like your scenes yes and like and like rough outline of like what's to be so i don't Whoa. know if i'm gonna be i don't know what's coming up i don't really so they know. give you enough to act yes <laughs> yes and the ca- yeah enough to act and like rough outlines but they mm-hmm. you know i think the show because of the reveals that they've done have been so epic right that they're just uh, uber protective wow. and like so i don't know if i'm coming back this season um i hope so but i hope that wasn't it for mindy um but but that's also so insane that i don't think people understand with actors and actresses that you uh, you get your you know storylines yes. and you get the episodes that you're in and then you just kind of have to sit and wait and hope that the writers decide that you should be part of the exactly. next storyline and that you've done a good job and you yeah. kind of like hope that you the know audience. the audience has loved me enough that they yeah. want to see me back but and all indicators point in that way but it's also like oh god what if that was it it is that yeah. feeling of like am i saying goodbye to mindy is this the last time Ooh, on this set so weird. it's weird but but super fun and i'm grateful but yeah it's, yeah it's like yeah it's a weird thing what's the fan base like for the good place versus workaholics <laughs> <laughs> um definitely some ladies are involved okay. now in my fan base which is real fun i love you That's ladies new and, and wonderful I, I love having them come up to me um but it's been in, in, interesting because I've had just as many people come up to me about the good place than I did as workaholics. And I think it's like network, cable, sure, you know, it's, sure. more people are seeing it. But it is kind of this wild thing of like, I've only done four episodes of the show and people are like, oh, the show, like there's just it's so much impactful. love about it. It's impactful. And yeah. the character's been impactful. But but yeah, it's been lovely. And I feel like, oh, God, I'm I'm. I, I'm not going to be in a bar and have like, you know, God bless you all, but drunk frat boy come Try up and buy just sit in my lap. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that has flat out happened where I'm eating meal with friend, boy sits in lap. And I'm like, I'm not your mommy. And I tried I'm to not, have dinner. Yeah, I'm not Santa or your mother. So please. Please leave. And wow. yeah, only time I got really like pissy with a fan. But no. I was like, that's insane. And that's Oh, 100% warranted. <laughs> Thank you, Grace. There are Thank boundaries. You. There There's... are boundaries. Um, what do you watch in your own time, if anything? 
Uh, what I'm, do you do for fun? What do I do for fun? <laughs> well, the last seven months have been baby well, you, you got baby, baby, specific. baby. Mm-hmm. So it's been a lot of um, no sleep and yeah. just trying to like keep up on content. Yeah. Because as you know, I'm sure that, you know, you fall into the same thing um, of just needing to keep up on content for what yeah. I do, you know. Um, so uh, obviously I'm a Game of Thrones fan. Definitely yeah. watch that. That's been a big escape during baby time That's to get good. to do that. Um, but I just finished Shrill with. Oh, uh, I don't even know AD what this Brian. is. Oh my God, it is so outstanding. Good. Okay, Note she um she is you know Eddie Brian yeah, yeah. SNL, so she just kind of like takes on like. Um, a, a millennial perspective on dating. Um, oh, yes. We were talking about this in a recent episode. Yes. Yeah. And she is just like, so good. she's so comedically wonderful on SNL. And then to get to watch her do this, I was like, oh, I have a whole new, I'm a That's brand new great. fan. I watch a lot of stand up. So oh, Lady cool. Schumer special, like I'm, I'm big fans of do all. Do you do stand up? No. no. I am terrified of that. Same. And weirdly. I would never, it's the one thing I won't, I've done improv, but stand up is um so scary It to is me. the loneliness like most yeah. naked <laughs> yeah, that you can yeah. possibly be yeah. and and some get naked Tig Notaro <laughs> yeah. uh, Amy Schumer flashed her whole I don't want to ruin that for you but like she was pregnant and like you know I, some actually get naked but yeah I, I I need someone up there with me yeah like I'll go for it but I want someone to bail me for out sure, if, for sure. if possible but it's a lot of stand-up um trying to think I watch a lot of documentaries okay tell me I'm a, I need recommendations <sighs> so just watch the heart of gold the new one on HBO <gasps> about the gymnastics um, oh Oh, I haven't seen that one yet. I, it, this is the thing, it, and tell me if you do the same thing because you're in a you're in a very lighthearted world, like sure. I am comedy and everything. So I weirdly gravitate towards darker. Dark. Yeah, I watch all of the every like serial killer, all the murder, everything. Yeah, all that I, stuff. I, not to get too deep. Yeah, but I I went through before I had my daughter. I went through a miscarriage, uh-huh. and it was it was therapeutic for me because the only thing I could watch were shows that had no children in it. Yeah. No laughter, no jokes, because I didn't want to see other people feeling happiness. I know that sounds, but it was like this two weeks of forensic files. Yeah. And, you know, I, looking back on it with a sense of humor, I was mm-hmm. like, oh my God, hoarders, my 600 oh. pound, li- like these terrible things where I'm like, why was I like doubling down? 100%. On, but it's like, it was all I could do. Like yeah. I couldn't. But that, that makes myself. total sense. I mean, I my guilty pleasure is all reality television, yeah, which yeah. is garbage for your brain. But sometimes my brain just wants to have an easily digestible meal. hundred percent. That's Real Housewives yes. for me. <laughs> so do you know my friend Amy Phillips? Uh, who does all the Real Housewives impersonations? Yes, yes. So she, so that's her whole world yeah. too. Is like, is like that the uh, fan base that you're talking about? Talk but she's amazing. She she I'm has obsessed. her own show, Serious Radio, about this. But but um but but yes. So so I'm really into the doc, like darker documentaries. Mm. But um, I watched all of actually on a lighter note, Serena Williams's documentary I on HBO that on a plane. What'd you think? I was, it was a little, I liked it because I think she rules and it's yes. really cool. Um, it, then I, it just ended. Yes. That's what I was like, I was do like, they only where? have, I watched it on a plane and like a full flight, watched like all the episodes. And then I was like, do they only have this many episodes on this flight or is this how it ends? Oh, it's how it ends. It okay. Felt so it was the it was abrupt. one time abrupt. <laughs> and I'm like, you're Serena Williams. Yeah. Like, you deserve like an epic 10 episodes. And it yeah. felt so underproduced. Yes. And I was like, how are you underproduced? It so it was a very like, interesting series to me. Yeah. I, but the breast pumping and I was uh, I was going through all of this at the time. So, oh, yeah. So pumping and then um, her running out and doing winning. Like, I'm like. 
I and can't her even like this. I haven't washed my hair in three days. <laughs> like this top knot is, is like the look for the next week. And I'm like, this girl is going out and just crushing on a on a tennis court. Like, and it's so nuts to me because I don't know what it's like to be a, an elite athlete in any way. But the idea that like she's going out and practicing to try and get back on her game, and people just find her court and just watch her, and I you're know. just like, oh, you're just under a microscope all the time. Yeah. and it's so nuts. Also, I love that Venus was like, she beat me, but I like to think it was two against one. Oh, my God. I was like, you You guys are adorable. And how does that work? (laughs) I know. Do you ever think about that? Like, jeepers. Like, they must have such an amazing relationship. Or the worst. Or the worst. (laughs) (laughs) It's either dysfunctional or brilliant. Or But it's working for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I I like that series, but I had the same exact kind of note. Not notes. I'm not a network executive. But I was just like, oh, I wanted more from this. Yeah. I don't know what I wanted, but a little bit more. Yeah. Also, her husband is like the sweetest human. But oh, I'm like, oh, my oh gosh. he loves he her so much. So much. And that relationship <laughs> was fascinating to yeah. watch because they are very, they're I guess they're not opposite comp- in the sense of like business people. Like, right. She seems very business minded to me. And obviously he is amazingly business minded. So that made sense. Yeah. But like otherwise just like not who I would anticipate her falling in love with. No. Like, but, but you're kind of like, it. I think I get that this yeah. could work because it seems so kind of completely out of left field. But. And someone that's that driven and has succeeded that much and has to have such an armor of mm-hmm. like strength and like I'm a role model and yeah. I'm I'm an icon and I've shattered stereotypes. Yeah. You want someone who's just going to take care of that person. Like uh-huh. I want her to have someone who just like you can be as vulnerable as you want. Yep. You can be as like, you know, uh, flawed as you want. Yep. And I'm just going to, tre- I'm going to treat you like, a, you mm-hmm. know, like a princess. Like yep. that's what I took away too of like, I kind of like Your maternal instincts are kicking in. Yeah. You're yeah. like, I want for Serena to have someone that someone supports her. to just cradle that little baby, <laughs> that little tennis player in her arms and just nurse her back to happiness. Uh, okay. We're going to take one last break. And when we get back, we have Twitter questions for Ooh, Mary Beth. I, I mean, love it. your favorite social What's media Twitter? platform. <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll explain it over the break. Great. Uh, we'll be right back with more Not Too Deep. This episode of Not Too Deep is brought to you by Skin. You heard me right. There are those among us with an insatiable thirst for adventure, the ones who embrace the unknown with wide-eyed wonder. Although your dreams might take you worlds away, you shouldn't neglect what's right in front of you. Skin's new line of intimate devices is designed to take your pleasure to new, undiscovered places. Like the Skin Vibes, a quiet yet powerful massager made to meet your unique needs and body, Skin Vibes has a curved, sensual shape. It can take you from zero to O with 20 different speeds and pulsations because when it comes to pleasure... There is no one-size-fits-all. I sincerely hope my parents aren't listening to this episode. Don't settle for monotony. Explore intimacy with Skin Vibes, available for purchase at Rite Aid. Skin. Feel everything. Not, not too deep. This episode of Not Too Deep is brought to you by BetterHelp. Is there something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals? BetterHelp Online Counseling can help. They offer licensed professional counselors who are specialized in issues such as depression, anxiety, relationships, trauma, anger, family conflicts, LGBT matters, grief, self-esteem, and more. They connect you with a professional counselor in a safe and private online environment and get help at your own time at your own pace. 
Everything you share is confidential. It's convenient. You can schedule secure video or phone sessions as well as chat and text with your therapist. And if for some reason you're not happy with your counselor, you can request a new one at any time for no additional charge. And best of all, it's affordable and not too deep with Grace Helping listeners. Get a 10% discount off your first month with the discount code GRACE. So get started today. Go to betterhelp.com grace. Simply fill out a questionnaire to help them assess your needs and get matched with a counselor that you'll love. That's betterhelp.com grace. Okay, Mary Beth, before we get into these Twitter questions, I'm going to ask you the two questions I ask every single guest Great. that is on the podcast. Okay. And the first is, who, alive or dead, would you most want to throw cold spaghetti at? Cold spaghetti at? Mm-hmm. I would say Ayn Rand. Oh, wow. That, we have not gotten that answer in 200 plus episodes. And that was an immediate response. <laughs> um, can I ask why? So uh, I I will start by saying I respect yes. Ayn Rand yes. as being one of the only female philosophers in history that truly impacted generations of sure. people. And as a feminist, mm-hmm. I think that's amazing. Yeah. But what she's put out that fuels now a very twisted party, she's a, the, a philosopher that is kind of the one of the faces of the Republican Party to which yeah. I very much stand against. Um, I have to say she feeds the minds and mine as well. Mm-hmm. I read her at 21. Yeah. And most people read, most college age kids read her because it's the first philosopher that kind of explores being um, uh, being independent. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's you against the world. And it's very anti-altruism. Um, uh, it's very anti-charity. It's yeah. anti, it's, it's really about like just being selfish. And I think, and it paints it in a very, like, it it will help the world. But ultimately, I think it's one of the most dangerous philosophies to put into young, Young um, dare I say it, especially young, um, privileged white male minds. And I think she um, has really, uh, unfortunately, been a um, huge catalyst in that privileged world. So that makes sense. I kind of would throw spaghetti. I wouldn't Hurt her, but no. you said throw spaghetti. Yeah, cold spaghetti. I would throw cold spaghetti. I at would her. send, and it would send her into a like a whirlwind of what does this mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, how dare you? In a very Russian accent, yeah. which I will not attempt. Um, the other question I ask every guest is to tell us your worst pants shitting story or like a close call, but you can only use three words or three small phrases. So okay. mine is college jogging front lawn audition. <laughs> Santa Monica, 405. Oh, no. Oh, no. But luckily it was after. Okay. (laughs) Thank God. Thank God. But I was very ill. Yeah. Oh, no. And I just, you know the 405. It was bumper to bumper. There's no getting off. So I feel like we've had a few people that have had their pants shitting stories surrounded by either the 10 or the 405 in Los Angeles traffic. I mean, just tons of tragedy on those roads. I don't know why they don't make... Like cars, cars with, with like just you could open up the seat yeah, or something. Yeah, just like maybe that's what an RV is. <laughs> I'm telling you, that's like for LA that would sell like hot fire. Oh god! I mean, the new Teslas I feel like are <laughs> gonna be insane. 
okay, let's get into these Twitter questions. Okay. Someone wants to know, how does it feel being a boss-ass bitch that gets shit done? Ooh! <laughs> it only happens on TV, Twitter fam, but I, I do love that I get to uh, have that experience in a fictional way. I wish it was it bled more into my real life, but uh, it, it feels good. Is there another type of character that uh, is outside of who you like naturally are that you would want to play? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I, this isn't, I do think I'm a, a relatively nice, kind, good hearted yes, person. Yes, absolutely. I would love to play that. Yeah. That would be yeah. fun. <laughs> I'd love to play, like, I mean, my ingenue days are over. I think my rom com ingenue days are never happened because I'm definitely a character actress. But I would love to be like the, the, love interest that's kind of boring but sweet and nice <laughs> like that'd be so fun I think that can happen just as a departure yeah. I love playing my my, my miserable th- characters I was gonna think that that's you playing a character actress <laughs> I know right hilarious um, okay someone says if she could pick one person to live alone in the medium place with who would it be like on the show or am I casting a net like in the world like I on the show on the show I mean either one so I've worked the most with Kristen and mm-hmm. she's delightful. And yeah. I, I think I think they have enough similarities, the characters, that they could find some common ground if they had to, yeah, if they yeah, were stuck yeah. on the medium place, like especially with her past. Yeah. Um, but I, I haven't worked a lot with Ted Danson or Maya <gasps> Maya Rudolph. So oh, the two go. of them I would love to be stuck in the medium place with. And maybe I'll get that chance like on this season. But those two, I'm such like cheers. I like grew up on. Yeah. I mean, Ted Danson is just like the TV show, my TV show, like dad. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Cause um Bill Cosby kind of ruined that. Yes. <laughs> but I loved him too. And so now I've moved on to Ted. There you go. Um, someone to know from one Mary Beth to another, as a child, Ooh. were you upset you couldn't find magnets with your name on them? Oh, God bless this Mary Beth. <laughs> yes, it was really a bummer. And you had to settle for the M-A-R-Y. Oh. Which, which, by the way, my legal name is M-A-R-Y. B-E-T-H, oh. but my screen actor's game name is M-A-R-I-B-E-T-H, Why Mary is Beth. That? Um, because in the fifth grade, Grace, it's a long story, but I was in a Lutheran school <laughs> okay. and we were learning about the Virgin Mary. Uh-huh. And I didn't want to be called Mary. <laughs> Because I just felt like it was too much to live up to. You were so <laughs> I was like, Virgin was, Mary. I'm like, I gotta do something here. I gotta I gotta mash up these names. So I literally started just spelling my name with an I. Wow. And my mom was like, the teacher said you're spelling your name with an I. And I'm like, I do not wanna be like the Virgin Mary. <laughs> Which what other kid wouldn't they? Any other kid would be like, I want to be like, oh my god, I have the most amazing name. Like I'm the I'm the mother of Jesus, and I was like, oh god, I can't. Too much pressure. I know where this life is going, and I'm gonna ruin that. So let's let's pull it together. I cannot endure an immaculate conception. No, Uh, no, thank you. Too much pressure. So fucking funny. That in oh Oh. my god, Um, but yeah, but I was so sad about the yes, I I was so sad about the magnets, and I'd had to settle for. Mary, which goes against yeah. everything my you know fifth grade <laughs> self wanted so hard for. to change. Yeah. Uh, how many times you get called Meredith? Oh, Constant. still, Constant. still like in casting sessions. I'm like, <sighs> I know I'm not like huge celebrity, but like, can you look at your just cheek? look at like, the But paper. they just people just want to go to Meredith. Yeah, I get it. It's a pretty name, but yeah, it's frustrating. It's uh, annoying. That is annoying. Um, <laughs> someone to know what is harder as a comedic actor, TV or improv? Oh. I would say I would probably combine like 
improvising on TV. Like, I oh, do yeah. feel like sometimes when they're like, all right, fun run, Mary Beth, dazzle us. And fun run. Kristen Bell's right over there. <laughs> and, you know, Jason Manzoukas, <laughs> let's hear the fun. And I'm like, oh, God, now I'm on the spot. So that's, and there's no audience. So you're just right. improvising on oh, set. Oh, God. So that's a little. And everyone has to be quiet so that I people know. can't laugh. So the anyway. thing that you're used to. Yeah, they're like, was that good? I have no idea. That's the hardest. Oh. But in general, I would say, I think improv is ultimately the hardest art yeah. form that I've tried to tackle or tried to be successful at. And you guys do an improv show that's a, is it a charity driven show? Uh, uh, the uh, For the Detroit Creativity yeah. Project? Yes. So we, we've done it once before. It's called um, the Forking Shirt Show. Yes. Uh, per the Good Place yeah. language. And uh, it's great. Like uh, this time we're going to have um, Kristen Bell and Dax Shepard are oh, both going to be so there. Great. And then Jason Manzoukas, um, uh, Sean, who plays Sean, Mark Evan Jackson, my friend, he hosts mm-hmm. it for his charity. And is it going to be eventually like a running show or just kind of I whatever? I mean, how amazing would that be? If we could like tour that, I'll be back in the van, baby. Hell yeah. <laughs> but this time with Kristen Bell, I'm down. No, but I think, I mean, that would be incredible, but I think it's probably going to be more one-off just because of schedules. I mean, gotcha. I don't know that Kristen Bell wants to tour a show right now. <laughs> She's a little busy with like Frozen, <laughs> you know, yeah, Never Frozen. heard of it. <laughs> um, okay, last question. Someone wants to know, what's the worst and best advice that you've ever gotten and that you've ever given? Uh, the worst and best advice I've ever gotten. Okay, so I don't know if this was advice, but uh-huh. like one of the first casting um, meet and greets I've ever done, which I'm sure you've done, where you just, it's no audition. You just kind of go and it's a go-see or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And I was just out of Michigan, or just out of Chicago to LA, but um, very green. Yeah. And you can hear my accent now. Like even as bit, I'm yeah, talking yeah. to you, like it goes up into the nose, yeah. the Michigan <laughs> nose a little bit. And it was really prominent when I first came to LA. And I sat down with this casting director and she we had this great meeting and she's like, well, I just think you're delightful and, you know, I'll keep you in mind for things. She's like, but... I got to ask, is this whole Midwest thing you're doing, is this real or is this something you're just kind of like putting on for the meeting? Because apparently my oh. my accent was off the charts. And so I was like, no, this is really how I talk. And she's like, keep it, love it. It's great. So, oh. I, but it was just such a weird, like, I'm like, that was like the meanest, like the weirdest yeah. thing to be called out on. Yeah, they're um, like, this is and just to me. assume that I'm that clever, like I'm going to like... <laughs> Create this Midwest character. Like, I know it's going to bust me into, I know it's going to make waves in LA. This nasal ass accent and this sweetest pumpkin pie behavior. Like, I'm going to come in naive naive. and talking through my nose. Get ready. I'm going to be special. So Um, that was that. And then the, the worst advice I've ever given, that's the best I've ever gotten. The worst I've ever given god or what, i give great advice grace well um, i was gonna say what's the advice that you would give to people that are either wanting to pursue improv and get into entertainment or like want to move like you did like what's the thing that really you think is like the most motivating or like sound piece that you wish someone told <sighs> you you know it's gonna sound super cliche but sure i feel like i've had those moments i try not like i said try not to look back at my past and mm-hmm. go regret or like yeah, i should yeah. have done this different i think that's all a big waste of time but there was a period of my life where i was like oh should i have moved out to la when i was 20 like oh. i didn't move out till i was like 29 like okay. would i have made better strides had mm. i come out earlier and I've come to the place where I'm, I feel so grateful for the things I did get to accomplish that I, 
I feel like if you do, and I stayed at Second City because I loved it. Yeah. I was like, I really want to do the main stage. I love improv. I followed my heart. I followed my passion. And I, and now looking back, I'm like, I never would have gotten workaholics if I didn't do that. Yeah. I never would have gotten this if I didn't do that. I may, you know, who knows what would have happened. But I feel like if, if you love where you're at, mm-hmm. even if it's like Cleveland, Ohio, yeah. an improv theater, but you're loving what you're doing, I think if you go at it 100%, everything will, it'll, your path the will way be the to. way it's supposed to. Some, whoever's going to find you will find you. Yeah. The the career opportunities will find you, but if you're doing it hundred percent with your heart. And I feel like I, 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 I know this is me not interviewing you, but I feel like making your way mm-hmm. in the way that you made your way was yeah. out of your passion, out of your heart. I'm out trusting of your, your gut. Yes. I'm like, this is something I like to do. I don't think anyone else really knows or likes this yet, but I really like it. So I'm going to keep pursuing this. And 100%. Then I think also the real thing that stuck out to me that you said earlier is just like, you never know who's going to see you. Yes. So you just show up your best, however that means to you every time. 100%. And, you know, things like that you know, you never know when it's going to pay off 10 years later and you're in Los Angeles and now you have a, you're on a show. Totally. And like not worrying about the rent as so much, like, like trying to let go of the money, Mm -hmm. like that of wanting the money so bad. And believe me, we all want the money. But like, if you let go of that, I feel like that's when it comes Yeah, as opposed Uh, to making choices that's to get great. It. I think that's super valid and really great. Um, Marybeth, thank you so much for being here. Before you go, you. Um, every guest that's on the podcast gets a personalized fortune cookie oh from us goodness. to them. So you can take Open a little. Open it and eat it. Can I do it right you, now? Yeah, of course. Want- oh, yeah, you great. can read what's inside. There's um, nothing inside. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, um, <laughs> every time I'm like, did How we do it? Would that do be? It. <laughs> I would love it if it was just like, now can I read it to everybody? Of course you can. So, uh. We actually DM'd your fortune like a year ago, but since you're never on Instagram, I guess you never got it and the request expired, but that's fine. It's whatever. We're not mad, mad, just a little mad. (laughs) (laughs) So when you get a chance, go back and check your DMs. Um, I think we- I literally (laughs) have never checked my DMs. Oh my God. I don't know what's in there. Don't, don't. Should I not do it? Don't. But but now I feel so much pressure like I should. No, no, no. Because if hearing the fan base that you've had via workaholics, do not check those DMs. Oh my God. That is such a good point. I wonder what's in there. (laughs) Oh my God. I'm going to burn them. Okay. Mary Beth, where can people find you and what you're up to I'm as you're the eating this. Yeah, the perfect timing on this. Go ahead. Oh, where, where can people find you and what oh, you're up oh, to? Oh, I didn't, I thought you didn't finish. It was oh, the no. crunching in my ear. <laughs> That's all I was hearing. Um, so uh, we have this great charity show coming up. I'd yes. love to plug that. Um, well, this the, I think will go up after the charity oh, show. Oh, it will. Okay. Yeah. So um, I'm a part of a group called Mama's Boy. We mm-hmm. perform at the Second City Hollywood. It's like every other month we do a show on Tuesdays. So awesome. maybe check out the website there, Second City Hollywood. Um, I'm on Twitter very rarely, yes. but it's at Mary Beth Monroe. Um, I'm on Facebook, but unfortunately I have so many friends I won't be able to friend you. <laughs> Uh, not to brag about my social media presence. <laughs> so stupid. Um, and then, you know, I don't know uh, when this episode of The Good Place, I just shot it a couple of weeks ago. That'll be coming out. Great. I'm on a, uh, I just shot a pilot called for CBS called Bob Hart's Abishola. That's a new Chuck Lorre show. Sweet. That um, I, I don't, it might be picked up by the time this airs. We'll see. Or you'll never hear of it again. Amazing. But, but I hope it goes and that hopefully will come out in the fall, maybe if we go. So Sweet. you also have a, a movie called Bootstrapped, right? Oh, so um, it's actually, it's a television. 
television show that made it to Sundance, Sundance this okay. year. Yeah. Um, and uh, we, are, we are shopping it around. We cool. are trying to sell it. So, so that's maybe another that thing will that's be out there, there yes. in the ether. Mary yes. Beth, this was so fun. Thank you so much for being here. Thank I you. really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Of course. We'll see you guys next time on another episode of Not Too Deep. Goodbye. Too deep. Too deep. Too deep. Not too deep. With Grace Helbig. Whatever struggles you are facing from depression and anxiety to trauma and grief, BetterHelp can connect you with a professional counselor in a safe and private online environment. It's convenient. You can schedule secure video or phone sessions or chat and text with your therapist and anything you share is completely confidential and it's affordable. Not too deep with Grace Helbig listeners. Even get 10% off your first month with the discount code GRACE. So get started by going to betterhelp.com slash grace and fill out a questionnaire to get matched with the counselor you'll love today. Not Too Deep is a production of Grace Helbig Incorporated, producer and edited by Melissa D. Montz, writing by Diane Kang, production assistance by Katrina Henning, post-production sound by Chris Henry, and an extra special thanks to Flula for the theme music. 